Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. This week, a listener named Valerie sent in a great question that I'm really excited to answer. It's a very different question, and yet it's a goal we all have. Valerie says, hi, I wanted, first of all, to let you know that I immensely appreciate your podcast. It is so professional, helpful, and pertinent. You're wonderfully knowledgeable. Okay, I'm going to blush now. There are so many podcasts that are too frequently go off topic, are unprepared, and not truly informative. I also love how you often share your own mistakes or opportunities for growth with us, which makes us feel understood since it's so easy to lose sight sometimes. First, I want to say thank you to Valerie for that. That means a lot to me. It's really helpful to know that what you do means something and is helping people. So thank you again for that. So Valerie then asks, 
I also wanted to ask you what you think the most effective way is to foster full potential growth in our children. My son is nine and is a great kid. We've been reading a lot about inspirational figures, Martin Luther King, Einstein, Helen Keller, Lucille Ball, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Edison, Henry Ford, Jackie Robinson, etc. And I can't help but to wonder how they reached such outstanding character. I noticed that behind them, was always one or two parents that supported, motivated, encouraged, and guided by modeling, were open-minded and determined, and who strongly believed in their children. But I would love to know more in detail how you think this can be fostered. Meanwhile, I will try to read biographies to hopefully find insight. Thank you, and keep up the amazing work knowing you are influencing many families positively. Thank you again, Valerie, for all that. I really appreciate it. Now, I love this question because I think that is the ultimate question and goal for a lot of us parents. We may say or think, I just don't want to screw this up. But what we're really saying is that we want to give our children the tools and opportunities to thrive. We want them to leave home and not have to spend time and energy fixing themselves, first of all, but secondly, to have the tools, the self-esteem and the self-awareness to follow their path with passion, to find and connect with other amazing people and the courage to try whatever it is they feel compelled to try. Now, this is obviously a huge question as well as a huge task. So I'm going to touch on a lot of different areas and skills that are often not understood nor addressed. First, build a strong connection. Everything we do or say with or to our children has to do with connection. When we have a strong connection, we have mutual respect and love, and therefore we have influence. This is of the utmost importance, especially once kids hit adolescence. These early years are for building a really solid foundation of love and connection and respect and strong communication. So how do we do that? We use positive discipline. We coach and guide and teach. We set our rules and our boundaries with them and follow through when we need to. We also work with our children. We parents know a lot more about life and the world and people and most academic subjects, at least up to a certain point, than our kids do. We know what mistakes we made that we hope we can teach them to avoid And so we work to do that. But our kids know themselves, their feelings, desires, and needs more than we do. So we also want to work with them, learn from them, and understand them so that we can help them figure out how to get things done, but in a way that works best for them. Now, this is a very simple example, but homework, homework has to get done. A parent knows that. It's a way of life. There's no way around it. There's things we all have to do we don't love, but that's life. So whether the homework is going to help them learn something or not may or may not matter. What matters is they have to get used to doing things in life that they may not love and want to do. But if we're too strict and we force them to do it right at 3 p.m. every day, and this is usually a disaster waiting to happen. So we want to work with our children to schedule the homework, but in a time and way that works for that individual child. One child may love coming in the front door and sitting right down the minute they walk in and just getting it done. That's my oldest, but that's a rare child indeed. 
And it's nothing I've done. I won't take credit for that. Another child needs a snack first. And another needs a snack and some downtime. Another might prefer to do it after dinner. We work with our kids to get the goals met while taking their needs and desires into consideration. This is positive discipline. It sets kids up to become self-reliant, responsible, cooperative problem solvers. And actually, research shows that kids raised with this type of discipline have vastly greater success in relationships, academically, and are much happier and well-adjusted adults. Kids feel heard when we consider their needs and are much more cooperative too, which makes our job as parents easier. So connection is key. When I was in graduate school, working to become a therapist, the head of our department always said, it's all about the relationship. Now, obviously, he was talking about the therapist-patient relationship, but this is true as a parent as well. It really is all about the relationship. This is the foundation. It starts here, and you can't get anywhere without that connection. Another thing is know yourself, know your child. Knowing yourself deeply is one of the greatest gifts, not just to ourselves, but to our children. What does it mean to know yourself? What makes you uncomfortable? Where are your struggles? Where do you excel? What are your strengths? What are your hot buttons? What types of people or situations fill you up? Which ones drain you? Do you like to be around a lot of people or do you prefer small gatherings? Do you need more downtime to regenerate? What situations trigger your insecurities? What are your insecurities? All of these things are knowing yourself. This way, you can work to create a schedule and environment where you can be the best you for your family. Then, knowing your child or children, you will never know them as well as you know yourself. But you know that your son will play and play and play until he's so tired he can't see straight, that he doesn't know when enough is enough and take some downtime. So you know that's an area you need to help him recognize. Now, the class on temperament is a great place to start with this. And I call this class a parenting 101 class, that along with the positive discipline classes. But this one, because it is that vital to knowing ourselves and our children and to helping everyone get their needs met to the degree possible. Our temperament colors all of our interactions with our children. If their temperament doesn't match ours in some areas, it's really important to know that and to figure out how to work with that so we don't get annoyed by their natural personality just because it's the opposite of ours. Then the class also talks about how to expand our children in areas where they struggle, not change who they are, but just gently encourage and expand them in those areas. We also want to teach emotional competence. What is that? You may be wondering. Emotional competence is the ability to appropriately express a wide range of emotions at moderate levels with the appropriate person at the right time. It also means the ability to appropriately read and connect with others' emotions. By five or six, we expect that they can regulate themselves relatively well enough so they aren't hitting their classmates or teacher or yelling at anyone or melting down when they get upset. The goal is that by age eight or nine, when a child's empathy and other emotion skills are fully developed, that the child can be viewed as overall emotionally and socially competent. 
However, it's also an ongoing practice. We as their parents must live this every day and continue to work with them. It isn't something they hit and then it's good, it's set. We all have to keep practicing every day. I'll share some ways to teach emotional competence when we return from our break after a word from our sponsors. Now, This episode of Parenting Beyond Discipline is brought to you by StoryWorth. When they approached me to sponsor an episode, I was so excited, and I'll share why in a moment, but first, let me tell you about it. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts. These are questions you've never thought to ask. Now, how it works is you purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story, or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All the stories are private and only shared with the family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. Now here's why I love it. I always talk about connection. I just talked about it as a matter of fact, and the importance of connection. Well, my family is spread all over the United States, and the only living grandparent we have, my mom, is in Colorado. Plus, she has everything she wants. So I got her a subscription to StoryWorth so she could share stories about her life with her grandkids, helping to bridge the geographical distance by sharing her life stories with them and providing some lively discussion topics when they talk to her over the internet. We are preserving her memories of growing up, to being a mom herself, to places she's traveled, and much more. And you can choose these questions yourself or make up your own. And we are passing these treasures of her memories on to our children and their future families as well. It's a true gift from the heart. She absolutely loved it. She was very touched. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com. That's story, S-T-O-R-Y, worth, W-O-R-T-H dot com. Storyworth.com slash parenting when you subscribe. This episode of Parenting Beyond Discipline is also brought to you by Kind Bars. Here we are heading into the holidays and it is so easy to get off track with our healthy eating, but a great way to keep those snacks healthy both for you and your kids. Kind bars are great for lunches, snacks for school, and I like keeping them in the car for on-the-go snacks when we're out running errands after school or on the weekends or before or after their sports practices. This holiday season, treat everyone on your gift list to the kind. The kind cube is filled with a variety of 20 tasty snack bars of eight different kinds. The kind cube makes a perfect present, or stocking stuffer for any snack lover. Made with delicious ingredients like nuts, fruit, and dark chocolate, these bars are a gift that both your body and your taste buds will love to receive. Now, Kind Bar has a special offer for you. You can try 10 Kind Bars for free, and all you have to pay is shipping. Now, to get the offer, go to kindsnacks.com slash yourvillage. Now, before the break, I was talking about one of the pieces of raising kids to their potential is to teach emotional competence, which is the ability to appropriately express a wide range of emotions at moderate levels with the appropriate person at the right times. Now, one of the pieces to doing this is teaching emotion skills. All people have a wide range of emotions, so we need to teach kids how to recognize them and deal with them appropriately. At home, 
needs to be a safe place to show a full range of emotions. There are a lot of ways to do this. And here are a couple just to get you started. Starting as early as 18 months to two years, you want to label emotions for your child when you see them. You are angry or frustrated, sad, happy, surprised, mad. That, whatever you noticed, triggered the emotion. So something like, you are angry your block tower fell over after you worked so hard. Or, I'm so glad you're happy that we're going to the park today. Also, you can use emotion language to describe your own feelings. I'm happy you like the snack. I'm frustrated the car won't start. You can use both of these, even into adulthood, with talking with your spouse, partner, family members, whatever. These are great skills to use anytime with anyone. You might say something like, Honey, I'm feeling really worn down because I've been trying to solve this issue and I just don't feel like anything is working. Can we please work on this together? You could say that to a teen or to a partner. You could even say something to your teen like, I can see that you're really angry right now. Do you want some time to work through it and revisit it when you are ready? If you set up these skills with your kids early, your teen will know exactly what to do with that. He or she will immediately recognize their level of emotion and be able to tell you, yes, I need a few minutes, or no, I'm okay, let's talk now. And there are a lot more tools for teaching these skills in both the tantrums class and the You're Developing Toddler class, both in the Health and Development tab on the website, yourvillageonline.com. I'm also working on classes on the development of other age groups. So if you are interested in knowing when these classes come out, you can join the email list on the website as we announce the latest classes when they are released. So for instance, next month, I will be releasing Your Developing Infant. Another skill kids need to reach their potential is taking responsibility. So we need to teach them how to do this. And it doesn't come naturally for most people. The kids will reach as high as we set the bar, within reason, of course. Kids will reach as high as we set the bar, within reason, of course. Some kids will accept responsibility easier and others take more effort. This, of course, goes back to temperament. But there are two pieces to responsibility. One is being responsible, being responsible for oneself in areas of grooming and life skills, We slowly have kids take over these responsibilities over time. I covered this several episodes back, episode number 70. I covered all the skills a child should have by age so that by the time he or she is 18, they are well prepared to care for themselves. So if you're curious to learn more about how to work on this piece, then you can check out that episode. The other area of responsibility is taking responsibility for one's own actions and choices in life. If a child gets angry and throws the toy and it breaks, whose responsibility is that? We need to teach him that it was his choice to react the way he did, to throw the toy. This is a great opportunity for teaching your child that, as well as the consequences of our choices. Now, we can do this by asking him once he's calm. We always want them to be calm when we try to teach a lesson. If they're upset, nothing's going to get in. So wait till your child is calm. But you would ask, who threw the toy? What happened to the toy? You can talk about different ways to react the next time. 
You can tell the person that you're mad and why. You could go and hit the pillows on the couch. You could go run around the yard until you get your energy out and calm down. You could take some deep breaths until you can share your feelings more calmly. Again, the class on tantrums has a lot of information on working with kids to calm down and share feelings more appropriately, as well as when and how you can expect to see that really take hold. In addition, these questions always remind me of the classes I want to create. And one of them is helping your angry child where I can put all the tips for kids of all ages into one class for helping them deal with their anger. So that will also be coming down the road as well. Now, this is a more advanced concept, but since your question, Valerie, is wanting to know how to really help raise kids to their potential, you and anyone else who is interested may want to consider looking into this. And that is the concept of accepting where we do and do not have control, and considering how we react accordingly. Now, we often hear people say, children and adults alike, he made me mad, she made me feel sad. The truth is that no one can make us or force us to feel anything. If that were true, we'd have people infatuated and falling in love all over the place. We choose how to react to a situation. And sometimes we react one way because our expectations are not realistic. We expect to have control over things that we do not. We expect a person to act a specific way, and they often do not. So when they don't go the way we expected, we get angry. These concepts are a subject of a great book. I'm sure that's the subject of many books, but this is a book that I've read twice called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He teaches that we do not have control over other people, but we do have the freedom to choose how to respond to it. It is deep and profound, and it has changed the way I see myself in the world and those around me. And these are lessons I work to teach my kids in age-appropriate ways, of course, because a lot of this is very deep for young kids. But if a child can understand these things, even on a basic level, by the time they leave home, they are head and shoulders above most adults, let alone their peers. Also, we want to teach coping skills. Life is hard. There will be ups and downs and many things out of our control. We need to learn to ride these waves, to take the bumps in stride. The better we learn to do that, the easier and more fun life can be. The last section on teaching kids to take responsibility touched on some ways to do this already, as well as when I discussed emotional competence. If kids can handle their own responsibilities, take responsibility for their actions, and are emotionally competent, then they already have some big pieces to coping well. But teaching coping starts early. A child with a meltdown over a toy or leaving the park or not getting the cookie or having to turn off the TV in the middle of their favorite show to come eat dinner, these are all opportunities to teach coping skills. We let our children feel their emotions and work through them. We can help them work through these if they need, but we don't rescue them by giving in or offering something else as a consolation to get them to stop crying because we're uncomfortable and don't want to listen to it. We help them recognize their feelings and work through it. We would say something like, I understand you're very upset that you had to turn off the TV, but now it is time for dinner. If you need a few minutes to calm down before joining us, that's fine, but we're not going to be turning the TV back on tonight. Letting kids deal with this discomfort is a huge gift to them. They learn to cope 
with strong feelings and with disappointment. They learn to work through them. They also learn while they are in a safe place at home with parents who love them so they can express and explore these emotions. So let your kids be upset. Let them be uncomfortable sometimes. If they want to talk about it, by all means, be there to listen. The last piece to this I'm going to share in this episode is teach a growth mindset. What is a growth mindset? This is another class I've been wanting to create for some time because I feel like it is so important. Someone with a fixed mindset believes that talents and abilities are fixed. Those with a growth mindset believe they can be developed. Those with a fixed mindset are afraid of learning, afraid to try new things. They are afraid of looking dumb, so they back away from challenges. Those with a growth mindset are not concerned with looking dumb. They are focused on learning. Therefore, they take on challenges. They are more resilient in setbacks, and they learn more just in general. What's also interesting about this is that this way of seeing the world does not rub off. If you have a parent with a growth mindset, the child will not necessarily pick it up. It has to be taught. So how do we do this? Now, I don't want to come down too hard on our current educational system here in the U.S., and I know that many districts are really working to improve this, but sometimes our system does work against developing a growth mindset, so bear with me. We want to teach our kids, coach our kids, and work with our kids that it's not about the outcome. It's about the journey. It's not about the test score or the grade. It's about the learning along the way. We want to engage their interest in learning. And if we can do that, then the test score and the grade will follow. But it's not to focus on the grade or the score. We want to help them find their interests and develop those. It can be done in conjunction with what they are doing at school. And hopefully so. That's great. If not... Or in addition, you may have to find something outside, whether it's chess, computer programming, theater, art, dance, you name it. When they struggle with school or concepts, work with them to teach them they can get these concepts. Find ways that work for them to understand. Does your child learn visually? Work on ways to teach them the math problem they struggle with visually. The internet is full of ideas for teaching almost anything in different ways that work for all different kinds of learners. Help your child focus on their improvements, how much more they know now, how much better they are now than they were two months ago, rather than the grade. Again, there's so much to this and a class I really want to create very soon because I think this is a lot of what parents are looking for once they get their kids past the potty training and the tantrum stages. If you have a parenting question about helping your child reach his or her potential or any other parenting question you'd like answered, send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.